The Titan's Curse, Chapter 13. We visit the junkyard of the gods. We rode the boar until sunset, which was about as much as my back end could take. Imagine riding a giant steel brush over a bed of gravel all day. That's about how comfortable boar riding was. I'm Ava. I'm Neve. And I'm Brayden. And this is Return to Camp Half-Blood. Join us as we journey back through a childhood favorite series. And see what lessons we can learn as adults from these books that meant so much to us as kids. All right. Welcome back to Return to Camp Half-Blood. How are we doing this week, folks? You know, I'm doing all right. That was very enthusiastic. <laughs> We're all in quarantine. We I've, are like, all in quarantine. so many drives. <laughs> Fun fact about, oh my God, I was just on a drive. Fun fact about the Return to Camp Half-Blood hosts is that the three of us and a like, few of our other friends are all spending the entire month of January together. So we have to quarantine first. <laughs> yeah, we're all, all moving, uh, but we'll be able to record in person for the every episode after this will be not, not every episode till infinity, but like the next coming episodes after this one will have been recorded in person, which is very exciting for us. Uh, also very exciting for us, we have our first international guest uh <laughs> podcast host extraordinaire and youtuber fran i already forgot how to pronounce your last name <laughs> <laughs> no one can maybe even my own family can't so it's all right i forget half the time it's mcmahon fran yeah fran mcmahon i got it right i'll i'll, I'll make it sound correct when i edit, edit this but uh from the best damn camp podcast and i i don't know the name of your youtube channel off the top of my head i should have looked that uh, up no, don't worry it's uh, a healthy dose of fran because everyone needs a healthy dose not in the middle of a pandemic admittedly because i <laughs> wrong oh my god um maybe i should i should have changed that in the middle of a pandemic anyway it's yes <laughs> <laughs> amazing uh but bef- before we jump into the episode we have an important question to ask you that we ask all our hosts what is your godly parent oh okay so mine is a little complicated because i'm british that's what we do um so my godly parent is athena but i am a hunter of artemis so i renounced my mother and (laughs) (laughs) joined the hunt because who doesn't want to shoot people with arrows yeah that's, yeah that's the best reasoning i've heard yes. i'm not gonna lie to you uh and this is why, why we thought fran would be uh, the perfect guest for this episode uh where we talk about the tragedy of bianca d'angelo the our queen uh but also the the dam the hoover dam chapter uh yes uh considering she's from the best damn camp yes not dam is in the swear dam is in percy jackson exactly so you can say it as many times as we want i i don't we should curse on this podcast anyway i know i know we really should have an explicit rating but we we don't because i've chosen chosen to until someone yells at me uh that we have to put it there i won't so wait because we don't market ourselves as like pg no no it's okay (laughs) we don't <laughs> uh isn't my turn my, i'm i'm summarizing correct you are yes. okay oh, i have no. my phone out if you want me to time you go for it there's so much that happens in these chapters i'm not gonna get it all i don't 
That's how long do we do again? I have never 30 seen. seconds. It's 30. been 30 seconds this whole time. I thought so, but I wasn't sure. Okay. We did we did one minute for the movies. So we yeah. did 15 for one That we- fucking <laughs> sucked. You guys made me summarize the movies and you were like, you could have a minute instead of 30 seconds. So I was like, that is not sensical at all. Did <laughs> we do did did we make you do both the movie summaries? No, I only did one, I think. Okay. I was like, that would be very mean of me. <laughs> Okay. Um, I've done the lighting thief. I'm not but sure. varying character. Mm. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. You know. Three, two, one, go. All right. They in a desert. Uh, Nevada, I think. I don't know. States. But um, Aphrodite shows up and she's like, you're in love with Annabeth. Haha. <laughs> and then they go into Hephaestus's junkyard and she's like, don't touch anything. But they touch things. Uh, and then Bianca dies because the big giant comes to kill them um, because she's trying to get something for Nico and then they go to a dam and they run to skeletons and meet Rachel Elizabeth there and then they fly off on angels that are statues um, and they okay that was like (laughs) uh (laughs) what did I forget tell me what I forgot though you did get through you got to the end but you missed some you missed some stuff in the middle, but that's okay. Did I say the thing about that she's getting something for Nico, or did I just yes. think it? Okay, no, you I wasn't that. sure. That was an out loud moment. You did say that. What else did... Oh, we get a little... Arizona. Arizona. That sounds more right. <laughs> that's the only thing I noticed. <laughs> I know it's... No, because they're going to... They talk about, oh, going to Los Angeles. Not Los Angeles, Las Vegas. <laughs> that so they're headed to, like they're headed toward Nevada at a certain I'm point. Arizona, I have an emotional attachment to that state. <laughs> so I was like, why do you have an emotional attachment to Arizona? Okay, because one of my favorite characters in media is named Arizona. From Grey's Anatomy. Yup. I know my lesbians. It's all good. You do look at my phone case. It's her scrub cap. Yup. Yeah. Anyway, I won't talk more about that. But I was just like <laughs> Arizona. I just can't hear it. about Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I, I can only I'm hear about Grey's Anatomy for like 10 minutes at a time, maybe. So that's why I said I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also, for I don't know what else I forgot. I forgot something. I forgot um, something I else important. Chloe Nightshade stuff, like there's the reference yes. to our past. And I think, one, I think Percy has one of his dreams at some point to do with it. I don't know. I I'm looking maybe, at my notes from when I did that episode, and I can't remember if we did or not. There's so much. Like, there's so much that happened in these chapters. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, we do have her story because then Percy's yeah. dumb and can't figure out who the hero is in the dream. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they talk about the disparities. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I just realized I was straight away. It's not even like five ten minutes in. I'm already insulting Percy. <laughs> <laughs> we we are fully in support of that oh yes <laughs> anytime are. that we compliment percy we're like if i have to he like, did do I- the right thing <laughs> i think that's become my thing i think people start to realize the more i go into mine i'm just like the more things i just find i'm just like yeah no he's <laughs> just dump on percy day <laughs> the, this book he makes it very easy he makes it very easy in this book particularly yeah that's not true all right, before we get into the gist, uh, Neve, do you have some songs for I us do. for this week for our playlist? So, for chapter 13, 
I picked Lay Me Down by Sam Smith because it was the saddest song I could think of and also very much pertains to the situation. I'm a little mad that I couldn't, that the Aphrodite thing and Bianca's death happened in the same (laughs) chapter because they definitely deserve their own songs. But I think the most important part of this chapter is obviously Bianca. So, yeah. And then for the next chapter, (laughs) I picked... Um, River by Joni Mitchell because there is a quite literal river and also I feel like this chapter is still very upsetting and a lot of like dealing with the aftermath of Bianca's death Uh, and I really almost picked the Ben Platt version just to piss Brayden off but I decided to go (laughs) and Ava as it seems I was like wouldn't it be funny if I was like the Ben Platt cover (laughs) by Joni Mitchell no I'm kidding it's just just the original and those are my picks for the playlist this week. You're like saying yeah. it like I have a personal vendetta against Ben You Platt. have literally been like, I like The Politician, but I don't like Ben Platt, so I'm not going to watch it. <laughs> I watched most of it. I watched a lot of it for not enjoying Ben Platt. <laughs> That's fair. I, I did skip over any time he sang. Why? <laughs> because... Anytime he sang in that show, it was not necessary. They it, were just like Ben Platt's in it. It was terrible writing to have him sing. Ryan Murphy needs to stop making things. Oh, with him? Oh, thanks. Yes. It can't it not be him. him. If it's got something like that, it's it's got Ryan Murphy written all over it. <laughs> yes. Like, just like three minutes of Ben Platt singing a song that has to, nothing to do with the rest of the episode. Why? They clearly were just like, we got Ben Platt to be in this show. So we're going to use that to our fullest advantage. Gwyneth Paltrow was great in it. Anyways, Percy Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) So what did we forget about these chapters before we reread them? The Aphrodite part. I promise you literally anything from when they leave the camp. I've said this last week. I'll say it again. When they leave camp to Bianca's death, no me- no recollection at all. I really thought she died like two chapters after they left camp. I So the Aphrodite part, I knew it happened in this book, but I could not place exactly when it happened. So I've been waiting. Every chapter I've been thinking it's going to happen. And so I was like, it was a lot of relief for me when it finally happened at the beginning <laughs> of this chapter. I think for me it was this it's, it's in chapter 14 so it's the, it's the dream sequence finding out about Zoe's past and I know I forgot it because I always thought it was dumb so I kind of like erased it from my memory I'm like I'm one of the people who just hates all the dream sequences I'm just like why do they exist there is no reason for this like have her tell the story <laughs> um <laughs> so that's one of the things that I for- forgot and then when I got to it I was like oh I agree. It would be so much more impactful if Zoe told this story herself. Exactly. Like, that's how you get multiple layers of character development in at the same time. Uh, but so I guess true. I guess this is, is a book written for elementary school kids. <laughs> so I, I can forgive the, the, the basicness of the dream <laughs> trope uh, for that reason. <laughs> mm. I definitely would have been cool if she had told it because I think the whole thing is that Zoe just doesn't really have much of a character other than for some reason hating men because that's apparently a Hunter of Artemis thing now. As a Hunter of Artemis I can tell you we do not hate men 
we don't find much interest in them, but we don't hate them. Just, you know, just... <laughs> As someone who is not a hunter of Artemis, I do hate men. <laughs> <laughs> and we support you on that, right? <laughs> <laughs> what other things did we forget? Oh, Ava looked like she was going to say something. No, yeah, that was, it was in that category um i forgot specifically what happened well kind of two parts to this i forgot when they met rachel and i forgot um that they met her in conjunction with like the skeleton thing yeah i did forget that rachel really comes into the story right now i gotta say it's kind of an epic introduction though like oh absolutely percy like tries to kill her and she's like the fuck dude why did you try to kill me (laughs) no and then he goes he goes like this is a pen and she's like no, it's not. Like- <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. She just has one of the coolest entrances, definitely. It's the fact that she's sneezing whilst doing she's just like, mate, I may have a cold, but I'm dumb. It's a sword. <laughs> Why do you have a sword? And it was interesting too, because I forgot how much foreshadowing Aphrodite provides in the beginning of this. What and she talks about like I can't remember the exact words, but she foreshadows the the arrival of Rachel Elizabeth Dare, and then we see her in the next chapter, but we don't know what it means yet, unless we're looking back. Like, we've already read the books, so we do, but chronologically, she doesn't seem to be any related to... She's not a prophecy that was... Aphrodite's not telling them a prophecy, but kind of just, like, hints for the future. So true. There's so many hints in these of things to come. I'm yeah, so <laughs> I I give Rick a lot more credit than I thought I would give him for like laying the foundations of a lot of things. I think he plants the seeds and builds things up really well in at least this book. I think mm. in the in the first in the Lightning Thief, he. I don't think he really has a plan for what's going to happen overall, but this book, you really see the seeds of uh, the last Olympian being laid. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I think this is definitely the part where he has the plan for the series as a whole, because this is when he was like releasing the books, like one in a year, wasn't it? Around that point. So he had like the plans and everything going on. There are definitely certain bits. Although admittedly, I then also don't give him the credit in the areas where I'm just like, if you were planning this out, you you, you could have just a little bit better. Um, <laughs> but that's because I, I apparently enjoy ripping things to shreds these days. But um, that's, a, that's a discussion with my therapist to have. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel that. there. There's definitely some things I... I was just on Seaweed Brain, so I, I just reread The Lost Hero. And so I read a book where Rick uh, had no idea where he was going with anything. <laughs> because and wrote so much without so a plan. Much. Like, The Lost Hero is so long and none of it has any clue where it's going. He laid foundations to do anything he wanted with no idea of what he wanted to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so true. The book is like you can tell because of how long it is, and it's like it could have been half that length. 
with half the stuff that didn't need to exist. Exactly. The I think the original Percy Jackson and the Olympian series are the perfect length of books. Mm, I agree. Yeah. Like there's not a ton of filler in these books. And when it is, it's kind it's like worth it because it's funny. For yeah. the most part, there are some things, but for the most part, it's the per- they're the perfect length of books. Mm, definitely. I think it's a good balance of all the stuff with it as well. Like, it's got a good balance of the fun and the plot alongside it. Like, these two chapters here, there is there is the balance of you. We've got the story of the, Af- of, of the Aphrodite. Of Aphrodite. Sowing <laughs> <laughs> the seeds of, like, the romantic inclination between Percy and Annabeth. There's the reference, obviously, to the whole don't touch anything sort of thing, but then also the prophecy as well. So the prophecy is coming back into play and all these sort of things. And then the stories, the story for Zoe and all these sort of things, It's it has purpose for being in a story, followed by small little, in, not necessary things like the damn joke, but at the same time, it's kind of there at the same time because it's like, hey, these kids have had a traumatic experience it's time for jokes because that's the only way we can deal with trauma. Um, Absolutely. No, it was like, <laughs> it was perfect. These two chapters in a row, like were perfect. Like the amount of harshness and levity mm. balanced really well. <laughs> so true. I think, Emily, I think these are the two chapters that even though there are like some flaws with them in some areas, these are the two chapters that have the most consistent connection to each other. Mm-hmm. I think out of, most I think the last Olympian as a whole is the much better book in terms of consistency but like these two chapters one after another perfect that they flow so well together whereas others it can feel they can sometimes feel a little bit disconnected or just like so much is happening at once you kind of forget that it's a single chapter and then you move on you're like oh no no that was one chapter and we that's a lot (laughs) yes exactly do we have any more things we forgot or should we move on to our theme discussion? I think I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. All right, then. Our theme this week is devotion. And when I picked this theme, I did not know how good it would be for these chapters because <laughs> I saw this everywhere. Who would like to start? <laughs> You can take it away if you want, Brady. Yeah. You seem very excited. I'm just not sure what to start with. Um, <laughs> I guess going True. chronologically, Aphrodite. Just her. Just Aphrodite. <laughs> she. Um, I think it's it's the first time that that the book lays out that Percy's not doing this for anyone but Annabeth. Because it's... Like, it's very clear. We can very much glean that from his actions. But this is the book saying, oh, Percy's devotion to Annabeth is so strong that he's going to do some stupid things. And it's it's really funny because he still doesn't know that he has a crush on Annabeth. 
but Aphrodite is is really like laying some thick hints for him and he still really doesn't understand anything that she said Aphrodite's face he really says like Aphrodite's face looks like Annabeth for a second but it's also this like incredibly beautiful goddess anyways <laughs> just <laughs> moves on from that clearly obvious clue uh, recent 473 why Percy is dumb <laughs> <laughs> for real exactly it's kind of maddening. <laughs> like the CEO of like repressing his feelings, but also acting impulsively on his feelings. Like yeah. it's so confusing. He only he only has zero or a hundred. He doesn't go anywhere <laughs> in between. <laughs> oh my god! And it takes so long as well for him to get it that by the end he just you just want to like yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I love slow burn, but oh my god. <laughs> a slow burn and there's a glacier. <laughs> exactly. Like this like even in the next book, he kisses Annabeth and still doesn't know he has a crush on her. Yeah. And then he ignores <gasps> that it happens as well. I'm like, dude. This stop. <laughs> This is what this is why help. we don't give Percy credit unless he absolutely deserves it. There's very um, little that he really deserves credit for. Yeah. I think that that says something interesting about devotion because he is so devoted to Annabeth as a person but doesn't understand why and I think it's interesting how it shows like how committed you can be to something without really knowing why you're committed to it. Because I feel like we see a lot of cases of that in real life where people are, like, really headstrong and devout to something like religion or political beliefs, but they've never taken the time to dissect why they're so committed to it. Mm. That's true. That's a good take. I was actually thinking um, that, like, he was extremely devoted to Annabeth and he was at first, you know, platonically and like they have been through a lot and they have this, you know, emotional bond, whatever. But I think like he doesn't want to cloud that devotion with whatever other, you know, feelings he's having that could potentially wreck it and spin that into something harmful and negative. So I think like it is a subconscious sort of repression of like, no, 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 this is my platonic friend who I care about a lot. <laughs> like, so I don't know. It's just, it makes everything harder. But it, it's kind of real. Like, I see that in fiction a lot. And I'm like, oh, it's this again. Right, right, right. <laughs> also, I feel like Annabeth, or like finding out how ma- however many chapters back, I can't remember. It, it was like recently that he finds out that Annabeth was about to join the Hunters. Definitely probably put a damper on him realizing that he had, like, made him push that to the back of his mind if he ever had a chance of realizing see, it all, He's you know? so mad about it, too, though. Like... <laughs> boy, like, why, like, do you not realize why you're mad about that? Like, <laughs> yeah. they take so little introspection <laughs> to figure really this out. does. <laughs> and I mean, as well, his mom makes a reference to the whole Annabeth situation at the start of the book, and she makes, like, a, and she does it again, like, she, she does it multiple times, and this boy still doesn't get it. He just... <sighs> At some point, <laughs> Annabeth, if she imagine if she'd found someone else and he was like, Oh, but 
And I'm like, nah, too late. I, I have no sympathy for you, my friend. You waited five years. <laughs> for real? I I think, like, the question that this is, this is raising for me is, like, the difference between, like, devotion and commitment. And because I, th- I think we think of devotion a lot it, as a one-sided thing. Like you're a devout Catholic is that's the phrase that I I think of when like when I think of the word devotion, um, where it's you're really committed to something that doesn't necessarily reciprocate much. Mm. Like it it feels fulfilling for you to be devout to it, but it's not actively doing something for you. Like I feel like a relationship is often commitment is the word I would use because it's at least should be very reciprocal and balanced. Like you're both committed to each other where devotion is like thinking of the gods, the Greek gods, you worship them. You're devout to your gods and it's kind of a one-sided thing. Like they might, like, even if the gods in this case do do things in response (laughs) to the, to the devotion, it's not equal. It's, like far less than you're giving to them mm. sort of like an 80 20 sort of situation basically we'll give exactly. you a little bit so you keep respecting us that's that's, that's it yeah. exactly it's mm-hmm. a little recognition mm-hmm. you're good that's really yeah. interesting i kind of had a different take on devotion because i feel like commitment is kind of like the objective like okay, like, I am sitting down and committing myself to this person, this cause, whatever. Um, The devotion is kind of, like, the emotional motivation to commit to something. But also, that's just kind of the impressions that the words leave on me. I don't know. because, But I do also see your point, because I know devotion, like, I looked up the definition a little while ago just to, I, I wanted to compare and contrast, like, commitment versus devotion. And, like, I saw a lot of, like, language relating to, like, worship in terms of devotion. So I, like, I do get that. Um, but I don't know, devotion just seems more emotionally motivated than commitment does to me. Um, so I think like, that's big for Percy, especially because he is motivated by emotions that he doesn't even want to like pin as like these specific feelings. I agree. There's definitely a huge emotional aspect to that idea that it's not quite to an obsession point, but it's like devotion is strongly driven by emotions and like we see that with Bianca has a really strong devotion to her brother and then she kind of breaks that when she leaves to join the hunters and the guilt of breaking that that devotion causes her to like oh like here's one thing that I can do for him while on this trip that will maybe make him forgive me because uh, that that relationship is really important to her. And so her devotion to her brother motivates her actions, which end up getting her killed. Yeah. It's an interesting point, especially to do with like Bianca and her devotion to Nico. Cause like the way I always interpreted like her leaving for the hunters was itself a sign of devotion because she's a child raising a child which isn't ever going to be 
successful in some form because she she's well there's like a year or two difference between them she was like 11 or 12 and he's 10 isn't he he's 10 yeah he's 10 yeah I, so yeah she's difference. like 12 or 12 or 13 she's or she's close close to the age of percy and annabeth yeah but she might just she might be younger. she might be so she's probably 13 because they're 14 yeah. right yeah yeah, 12, 13. So around the, like, preteen sort of age, but still raising yeah. him basically as a child herself. And I always kind of thought of it that she found out about the camp before she made her decision. She's met Percy, she's met Talia. She knows what these people are like, where they're going and where Nico is going also. The way I always looked at it is that her decision to join the Hunters is both for her, a way for her to be able to live a life of actually having the chance to have a life of her own after having to raise her brother for so long as well. Like we didn't, they were like, what, six and four? That's something so. from when they're abandoned um, yeah. by their parent somewhere. And then they leave the Lotus and all these sort of things and age up and all that. Um, I think I just spoiled something there actually. Whoops. <laughs> you got, wait, do you no, guys care about spoilers? No, we or? don't care about spoilers. Okay. <laughs> We've been talking about Bianca dying this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, momentarily, I was like, oh, no. And I also think we, and we find that out in these chapters, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But she's, she's, okay. Not, she's, not, she's not around to tell her story anymore, so. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, cool, cool. It's all good. Um, so, <laughs> so she's basically been raising him for maybe four or five years of her childhood and has had no child of her, her own. So her joining the Hunters is her chance to have her own childhood but knowing that Nico was going to this camp where these other people who are clearly capable of themselves and seem to really care and support one another, like Percy being willing to jump off a cliff to try and go save Annabeth and all these sort of things. So she can see that they care about other people and try to protect each other. In her mind, maybe her devotion to her brother is knowing that he'll be safer with these people who can actually protect him where she's completely incapable of doing so. I love Bianca. I will fight tooth and nail to make people understand her decision oh, behind I like it. Everyone hates her for it. And I'm like, shut up. No, I know. <laughs> Let I... her live her childhood. Yeah. I've like I, I've never hated Bianca for that, but I, I always I respected it as like, oh, she's she's doing this for herself to because her childhood was unfair so she's doing something for herself for once but I never Mm. thought about that maybe she saw it as like oh this is Nico's best option to Mm. be raised Mm. in this camp and kind of she kind of wants him to get that outside perspective of finally having figures other than her to look up to Mm. and that that makes me even more sad (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think it's just something that just makes so much sense. Like she's every time we saw her, she was like in a very protective stance in front of Nico. Or he was always behind her. She was always in front, putting herself in danger first, even though she was never capable of dealing with that danger. So seeing Percy and Talia and Annabeth being capable, she knows that they are the better option. And maybe she's thinking some training with the Hunters of Artemis as well, having that protection and that understanding. Maybe she would have left them later on to protect him at a later point or something probably not just because who would want to leave the hunters but like <laughs> the idea behind it <laughs> oh <laughs> i've made her story so much sadder but also 
get the haters to stop. Yeah. Yeah. That oh, that adds a lot of beauty to her story though. Mm. Also, oh, big spoilers, but also connects a little bit to like what her mother was like as well with them as children. Like she kind of knew what was coming her way, but she let it happen because she knew it was to protect the children. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Emotional devastation. <laughs> oh my god. This is like a side note. This is not a fully developed point. It's just something I realized while I was reading. Um that when Zoe is with Percy in the canoe, she talks about how obviously upset she is there they talk about Bianca and Percy says it's my fault that that happened that like I should have gone instead of her and Zoe is like no it's my fault and then expand like briefly mentions how she was a powerful half-blood and how she wanted her to take up the lead position in the hunters which I thought was crazy due to Zoe's devotion to this thing and it was just very sad to me that Bianca's death I feel like, actually, I don't know what it was because she was thinking of it before Bianca died that she wanted someone else to take up the lead position in the Hunters, which I thought was very interesting due to her intense devotion. I think it was because she couldn't protect Artemis, maybe. I think it's also captured, but um, yeah, she was incredible. She obviously she's incredibly devoted to that group and considers herself the best for the job, but also wants wanted to train Bianca to take it over. You know, I think that's also a sign of her devotion is that Mm -hmm. she doesn't like she wants the hunters to succeed no matter what. She wants to protect Artemis no matter what. And she sees herself as not the best person to do that anymore. And Mm -hmm. so is sacrificing her role for this devotion. I think it's interesting to think about if if this is a recent development or this has been a little long time not long time coming but coming for a while because we know that zoe really tried to get talia to join the hunters so Mm -hmm. i wonder if that initial recruitment of talia before uh tree uh beat t beat before tree um (laughs) uh like was she trying to get talia to join and uh become the new lieutenant because Talia is obviously an insanely powerful uh, demigod and I could see Zoe thinking that Talia could protect Artemis better than she could. Mm. I wonder if maybe it's a little bit like this is something that's kind of brought up a little bit in some of the later books of this idea of living too long as well. She's been around since ancient Greece period so that's oh I can't do math um um (laughs) Long, 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 long period of time to be alive for. So maybe at this point, at least three thousand years. Yeah, probably longer than that. Yeah, we'd be history. I should know (laughs) because we'd be talking like before, like documented Greece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like the things the ancient Greeks wrote about time. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, three thousand years. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, sure. Why not? If someone fact checks, they'll be sending it to you guys. So like, yes. I don't mind so, if I'm someone, <laughs> someone tell us the, the year that Zoe probably joined the Hunters. Um, if you can do that math, like, 
I will send you a t-shirt. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. But yeah, for like living for that length of time to the point that like she's adapted her type of language, but has gone to that point where she's stuck in Shakespearean language because it changes too much that she's just getting fed up with it. Maybe it's that whole thing, like, like the whole, um, what is that American movie? The Groundhog Day? The one where it's like the day repeats. Oh my God, yes. Groundhog Day with Bill Murray, yes. (laughs) It's not like that for her, but like everything is changing at the same time, but just nothing changes for her. It'd be maddening after a while. So maybe it's also a little bit of eventually she just wants to pass the mantle on because she thinks she's been around too long. Things need to change and she can't be that change. Yeah. It's really interesting to look at this book as like Zoe's preparing to die. Oh, don't say that. No, I take it back. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> like, like just a lot of the no, stuff. No, take you... it back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just a lot of the stuff you were saying, like, we see a lot of of her talking about the language and like you see her getting fed up with like the idea of kind of having been around too long and not being suitable for her role anymore and so I think that's interesting in a few chapters when she's she will sacrifice herself uh to look at how how ready she is to sacrifice herself because of her devotion but also because she's kind of completed her character arc of her mm. her lifetime i think she also knew that she was the one in the prophecy a little bit as well didn't she like one would perish by a father's hand and she always knew in a sense that that must be her exactly oh, yeah. and this I mean, and this book is, is and this book is her <laughs> and this book is her grappling with like she finds that out in the beginning that she is going to die if they are like if she is to save artemis she has to die and so this is her grappling with mm. that, that reality. Oh my god! No, and I think okay. that's kind of why she takes Bianca under her wing. She's like, yeah. "Want to be my replacement?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, I'm that's heavy, but coming. that's like really true. When I brought up this very underdeveloped and just something I thought of <laughs> while I was reading Point, I did not know that it would turn into a discussion about how. This book is really all about how Zoe's ready to die, but it really is. Sorry. <laughs> but, like, I really see that now. That there's... And even if it wasn't that she was ready, at least, like, it's at least a lot of foreshadowing by Rick that she is ready to make a decision, that she would be ready to sacrifice herself, even if she wasn't, like, planning to do it. Yeah. It's, um, it's, that she's ready, you know? Yeah, it's not necessarily, like, oh, like... I'm ready. I need to die. Like she's preparing for the reality that yeah, she might. Oh. I also think that's kind of why she's just to wrap it up. <laughs> um, I also think that's kind of why she's so quote unquote, like uptight because like she wants everything to be perfect in line for this, because this is kind of like her last thing. And she like would rather have, all hunters on the quest as opposed to people that she doesn't really know you know so she can like do as much good as she possibly can for that group before she anyway (laughs) oh why am i gonna cry (laughs) i know i'm like tearing up i'm very emotional like we we made these sad chapters even sadder than they are (laughs) (laughs) for real 
my god you're like because uh, <laughs> i've i'm i'm constantly in a state of like i'm so sad about zoe nightshade because like she is my favorite character in this entire canon so i'm like here we go <laughs> like, <laughs> 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 moment to go a different direction from this sad place with devotion like the one more thing i i am thinking about is how in the this book is and how the did i freeze yep (laughs) okay uh so Anyways, I'm just going to start over from the beginning of my thought. Uh, so what what I think about also with Devotion is that this is the first book where we start to see the gods interfere in mortal affairs. Because about every, at least every other chapter at this point, we've had a god like guest star in a chapter doing a little bit. Um, and I think it it's showing an interesting thing how Zeus is like, nah, you guys can't interfere. But the gods do have some devotion to their children because even despite their orders not to, they can't help themselves but interfere. Um, Apollo shows up a couple chapters ago and uh, obviously is super devout to his sister and and gives them the train. Um, Dionysus shows up in the beginning and is like, yeah, I wouldn't call that devotion. That's kind of just neglect. Hmm. Uh, But in these chapters, we see Aphrodite. She wants to interfere. uh, And then Athena guest stars in chapter 14. In this little like cameo moment where we're like, is that Athena? Is that not Athena? (laughs) Um, But she shows up and she's clearly there to help save Annabeth. And this is the first time we like really see a God interfere to save their kid. Mm. Like beside kind of does in the first one, but I wouldn't count it. I can't give and, like a- no points Hermes? to Poseidon. Hermes? Oh, Hermes does too. In the first yeah. one. He doesn't really do much, but he, he does try. So You're yeah. right. He does do more than the, the other monsters. gods, admittedly. Yeah. In the other in the other books when we find out a bit more about like the history of it. He did a lot more than any of he is considering they're all terrible parents. He was the only one that who'd probably get a participation award. Yeah. You're right. Sure. You're right. Actually, I agree. Uh, my favorite part about Aphrodite's like messing around is like she has pretty much no stake in this other than she was like this is a good love story (laughs) like this was fully for entertainment purposes she and I remember reading the first like literally when I was reading it this week hearing that she was like do you think the Stoll brothers just gave them a poison gave that girl a poison t-shirt like it was clearly me and Percy was like no it was not clearly you (laughs) (laughs) like she's literally just messing with this for her own personal entertainment because she likes a good as she said tragic love story which is a little yeah. shattering, but Who okay. <laughs> I would kind of do that, probably. It's like, I granted, I have a lot of issues with how Aphrodite is portrayed in this initial series uh, and and in, and in this chapter that she shows up. Um, but it is also really entertaining. Like, I really do like that she's kind of just, like, entertaining herself. But... <laughs> 
it's it was just very funny to me. There's a lot of problems with the depiction of how that goes down, but it was also very funny at the same time. So mm. I think the thing that I don't know why, but I feel like she'd be the sort of person who would be like really into like telenovelas and K dramas. Mm. So the fact that she she's obviously she's in a limo, isn't she? The fact that there yes. isn't a telenovela and a K drama sort of thing on the screen somewhere nearby that she can watch and entertain herself and there's maybe there's one of like their their quest in the corner so she's watching as it proceeds because that's her own new telenovela sort of thing the fact that that's not there makes this depiction of aphrodite incorrect just on principle (laughs) there It's, it's just really interesting because this this depiction of Aphrodite is very different from what Aphrodite develops into in the Heroes of Olympus series. Mm. She comes to mean a lot more than just like meddling in love lives and beauty. Um, and it gets a little more complex. And in this initial series, it's kind of very basic and a little little misogynistic and problematic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the, I feel a lot of the female... Uh, a lot of the female goddesses not the goddesses because that's inherent in the term that they're women um (laughs) they really do have quite sexist portrayals i feel like artemis why does she hate men she has had male hunters this makes no sense then like aphrodite like has started wars and stuff like not even just to do okay mostly to do with love in some form but like she's dangerous she's a very dangerous goddess and stuff which we do I th- we do get a hint of this in this chapter for like percy mentions you wouldn't want to go on her wrong side or something exactly like i think it's interesting because i think we definitely get the sense of her power in danger but the way it's written makes her seem like she doesn't know what she's doing it makes her yeah. seem like she's kind of just she seems a little not like She's not displayed as intelligent as I think she should be. She's kind of just like displayed as meddling for fun without really knowing the consequences of what she's doing. But I think she fully does. Yeah. I mean, there's the Hollywood portrayal of. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. Go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, I think there's like little moments where she mentions how she was not angry, but just mentions like Annabeth was going to join the hunters and she was like, I didn't want to watch a quest with all hunters. Like she de- there's definitely allusions to that. She has a vendetta against the hunters, yeah. which makes it a little bit more three-dimensional, but also sexist because she's like, I don't like them because they don't like men. <laughs> it's definitely weird. It's a weird dichotomy there. Mm. Things that feel gay and homophobic at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true yeah i was thinking as i was like reading the chapters i was like there's no way sorry this is kind of a tangent but i'll take it back (laughs) somehow i was like there's no way aphrodite is straight because she's the goddess of love and all that but like she she's portrayed as like almost going against this like queer coded like group of people and i'm like what what mm -mm." Um, and speaking of kind of like portrayals of goddesses that annoy me to tears, I think like Hera, okay, Hera's got her flaws, but if we want to talk about Hera's flaws, we got to talk about Zeus. Do it correctly. Like no one has discussed Hera correctly, except in my like, like I took like a mythology class in high school, which 
you know, I, I chalk a lot of my personality up too. And, um, <laughs> and like, I remember my teacher, she's just wicked smart. And so of course she talked about hair the correct way. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like every, like so many people who talk about hair just do it wrong. And it's so misogynistic and gross. I'm like, mm. oh, and that's why I kind of like rush to her defense sometimes. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not really defending who she is as a person, but I'm defending how like people, you know. I agree. Like not to plug the own thing, my own projects, but I'm, I am working on a script about hair. Uh, Hera right now because I hate the way Hera is is portrayed so I, I'm working on a project about reframing how Hera is depicted because Zeus is the most disgusting man in the universe and she has to put up with this and I think through the the way that capitalist society and uh, Christianified society has retold Greek mythology portrays Hera as the like nuclear housewife who punishes her cheating husband but her cheating husband is the victim in all the stories for some reason he's always the victim and I'm like miss girl oh my god no it's right she's shown as like the vindictive wife basically sort of situation she oh oh my god I've just realized okay not a nice her policies aren't great but Hera is Hillary Clinton in that people blamed Hillary Clinton for Bill's affair. You're so right. That's really true. <gasps> You're so right. <laughs> it oh. popped into my head. Like when we were talking about it, I was like, wait, I just saw a TikTok on this. <laughs> also, <laughs> and also, wait, I don't, I think I'm going to sound really, really just like a fool when I say this, but I think like the whole thing with like her throwing a baby off a cliff or whatever that everyone goes to when I say Hera's portrayed badly and I don't actually hate her that much. People are like, well, she threw a baby off a cliff. What? Well, Hillary's emails. Like, <laughs> you're so right. <laughs> also, like, feel the, the connections right now. <laughs> also, like, aesthetically very similar. I feel like Hera would rock a pantsuit. Oh my god. The fact that she's not actually portrayed, you know, obviously everyone has like their modern wear when they meet the gods in like the counts and stuff. The fact that she's not in a pantsuit with a a little bit of the Karen haircut is completely inaccurate. She would have the Karen haircut. She'd be like a mediocre Karen, but like she'd be nearly there, but she's a a nice sis. Like a a Bethany. She's a Bethany. She's a Bethany <laughs> with the sort of the half sort of bit of the haircut um, mm. <laughs> in the pantsuit. The fact that she doesn't wear with the peacock feather in the pocket yep. of the pantsuit. Exactly. This is iconic. And uh, I think someone needs to inform Disney Plus that this is how she this needs to This is why they need to hire me as a writer. Because I, I have amazing ideas. <laughs> I agree. I love that idea. I love this portrayal. Give me pantsuit, Bethany Hera. God damn it. Uh, Oh, even better, Hillary Clinton plays Hera. (laughs) I would love that. Like we all talk about our like dream casting. That's my dream cast. (laughs) I don't care about what the rest of it is. I could not care less. That's all I need. And then, oh my god, I'm just thinking about the politicians that could be cast in roles. I was AOC as Sally. Oh my god. 
Oh. She, she's a bit young, but I can see it. I, I, she right. could do it. She could do it. Yeah, she could do it. She could pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> or even her as Aphrodite, I'm here for as well. Like, she's beautiful. Oh, she is beautiful. Or Athena, so honestly. Literally anyone. AOC. Wait. <laughs> she can play anyone. The Disney Plus show is Hillary Clinton as Hera and AOC as everyone else. Every <laughs> and every other role. <laughs> oh my god. They, they can do it with CGI. It can happen. I don't see a single problem here. Well, no, and then we have to have Stanley Tucci as Mr. D. Oh, <laughs> Stanley Tucci back as Dionysus. <laughs> Stanley Tucci, but as Stanley Tucci. True. You're right. He's just there. He's like the lead because he doesn't know what's going on. There's just gods everywhere. And he's like, what the heck? I think we Fuck should it. be the design, the the, the work. <laughs> we should do the work on this show. I like it. I, Me too. I don't see a single issue with this plan. <laughs> no. Um, oh, God. All right. Should, should, we, should we move on to SAS moments? Uh, yeah. Yes. I have mine open, so I can go first if you want. Go for it. I still need but to I find mine. I put a little thingy on the page. Um, let me find the exact... Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> they rearranged themselves in a pattern that made no sense to me, but Grover looked concerned. That's us, he said. Those five nuts right there. Which one is me, I asked. The little deformed one, Zoe suggested. <laughs> <laughs> That was like childish, but it made me laugh like way harder than it should have. I was like, <laughs> it was like so juvenile, but I did chuckle. I agree. I love like when Zoe comes in with the little, the zinger, a quick little zinger. I don't know where. Especially when it's against Percy, we're all get, we're all for shitting on. He's Percy. where we get it from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes he needs to be humbled. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Especially in Battle of the Labyrinth. My god, Percy. <laughs> Understand how personalities work. <laughs> oh my god. I'm still looking for mine, so if if someone else is ready. I have mine, I can go. Um this is on two sixteen. Then Grover had a brilliant, totally Grover like idea. Burrito fight! He yelled and flung his guacamole grande at the nearest skeleton. Ah. <laughs> oh. I you stole love- mine. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. As, that is, oh my God. You can picture it as well. I think it's the best thing about that one. You can just picture it happening. You can. I also, the specific burrito name is what got me. Like, that's what put it into, like, elite. <laughs> like, the category for me is guacamole grande. Like, the, oh, I don't know. The fact that Rick took the time. I appreciated it. He knows his burritos. <laughs> I so because no one else said it, I'm just gonna say it. The um the whole damn bit. We have to. the whole damn bit. I'm gonna read a little of it because we gotta. Um, <laughs> let us find the damn snack bar, Zoe said. We should eat while we can. Grover cracked a smile. The damn snack bar, Zoe blinked. Yes, what is funny? Nothing, Grover said, trying to keep a straight face. I should could use some damn French fries. Even Talia smiled at that. I need to use the damn restroom. And then they keep going, and it's funny. This was Literally the just so he just stood there, just like what? Absolutely. I am surrounded by imbeciles. <laughs> Absolutely invented comedy. That was the funniest <laughs> thing that's ever been said. I remember like reading that to my parents, and then being like, "Neva." 
like like reading it over and over they're like it was funny the first time hun you've read it five times now i was like i don't care it's funnier every single time (laughs) it is funnier every single time it's great laughing out loud reading this (laughs) it's funnier every single time I love when they re they re-reference it in like later books as well. Just like it is a very cute like uh inside joke between them. That yeah. So also the Percy says like, oh, I need to get some damn snacks and then smiles. And I think it's Piper who's like, wait, I don't get it. She's like, ah, it's inside joke. I'm like, ah, oh, I remember this joke. I'm on the inside. All right, offering time. Offerings. Who are we going to give offerings for this chapter? I have to think, so other people can go. You have to think. I'm deciding between two. I am also deciding between two. I'm... Not all of us deciding between two. I So, okay, I'll, I'm going to go for it. This is kind of unexpected, maybe. Mine's for Grover, because of this one line that he says where he's like, who else would be my best friend? He's like, oh, if you died, so who else would be my best friend? Yeah, and that, that broke me, me. Me. I would. <laughs> no, no, pick me. Simply because that broke me, it goes to Grover. I love him. Grover That's Underwood character. Comfort Character 2020. It's just so true. You just have so much more respect. I think mine would probably be Bianca, just because she she loves her brother so much. Like even maybe her decision wasn't the right one, but even out on a quest, she's still thinking and caring about her brother to the point that going to risk her life, she still kind of gives Percy what she was going to give Nico. So even though she knows she maybe she won't make it, as long as Nico gets that gift, that's all that matters. So he knows yeah. that she still cares. I'm like, oh, we don't deserve Bianca because no one respects her, but I will. I will respect and love her for all time and yeah. probably punch anyone who doesn't. <laughs> we also, this podcast is is very pro-Bianca, so... This podcast is not marked as explicit, but is marked as pro Bianca. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That and holding Percy accountable for his shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Neve, Ava. Ava's you... wheels do be turning in there. I literally. <laughs> the beans are jumping. The thought on your head. <laughs> I, every time I've looked over at your screen, you're like, <laughs> <laughs> every option right now. And I, <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think I have to second Bianca. We are a pro Bianca podcast, and and she died. I, she died, <laughs> which is like you know should be the automatic, like she gets it because she's dead. But also, like. <laughs> I had forgotten a lot of the details of like how she died and that she was like successful in what she was like she didn't get squashed like she was successful in what she was trying to do but then it like backfired in a second so I I think I have to give it to Bianca. 
squashed? Well, she could have. She could have gotten squashed. And like I, when I was reading it, I was like, oh, she's gonna get squashed. But then she didn't because she was like successful and like messed with the yeah. So I'm giving it to Bianca. Girl, don't get squashed. What? (laughs) It's a a descriptor word. (laughs) (laughs) The anger. I was thinking, she just to do with her death. Was she given a shroud to be burnt at Camp Half Blood? I, I don't know. I don't can't remember because I'm going to be mad if they don't. If they didn't do that, that's disrespectful. Maybe, maybe they do a. a maybe the hunters do a, have their own little thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't that know for her, for her we'll for her and out, Zoe. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. Next time yeah. on not next time, but, but next time. <laughs> Ava, have you decided? I guess I was like deciding between kind of everyone else because I think like there is something to be said for Bessie, there is something to be said for Rachel, there's something to be said for Nico, even though he's not there, and there's something to be said for Zoe. You're right, but I only have a few chapters left with my girl Zoe, so I'm going with her. <laughs> really have to and especially because like whenever we find out more about her story and also just because we did such a sort of depressing analysis of her today yeah she deserves at least one as you say she deserves it for like our conversation today yeah (laughs) like once in a while they don't do much in the chapter but we talk about them so much that they like deserve it for what we put them through it's true i think we did that to grover last week yeah yeah all right, so those are the people who did well this week. Who did bad? <laughs> I could not have seen that one coming. He's <laughs> just so dumb. <laughs> he couldn't figure out what Aphrodite was talking about. He couldn't figure out who the hero who has the Nemean lion cloak which is only specific to one hero in the entirety of greek mythology in his dream to do with zoe and just he just (laughs) oh my god there are just too many things i'm just like why are you like this you've had wait three yeah this is the third you've had three years to learn your mythology and you ain't done nothing son Get an education, please. <laughs> Honestly, I have to hop on that. I was persuaded. Um, he he do be stupid, and like it's not it's not his fault that Bianca dies, but it's not also not not his fault that Bianca dies. Yeah, and also like I wouldn't blame him, but he's not I, innocent. I don't know if I'm yeah. gonna hop on that. Too a third person because I don't know if he deserves three um well uh, we'll see but I also think like <laughs> I understand the like it should have been me like type thing but the amount of times he like said it over and over I was like sir <laughs> um yeah, you're getting a little annoying and like it's mm-hmm. and like everyone's thinking it <laughs> I'm, like you don't have to you don't have to do it um yeah, I don't know. I did get a little annoyed with him. Mm. Chapter, but so I, the whole thing making it about himself a little bit as well, just not really oh, taking it in. 
and then yeah. making it more about like I shouldn't sacrifice myself. I'm like, okay, say it once, then grieve. <laughs> the book has your name on it, but it's not all about you. <laughs> when he was like, oh my god, when he was like, I guess the prophecy wasn't about me after all. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> <laughs> This prophecy has never been about you. No one ever thought this prophecy was about you. Oh my god. That's this whole book, isn't it? Him coming on this quest is being like, well, I wanted to go on the quest, so I'm gonna go on the quest. I'm like, it's not always for you, Perseus Jackson. Get yeah. yourself a personality outside of being a hero. Honestly, yeah. thank you. <laughs> I know, and we we gave we forgave him a lot last week about with in our hero comp- complex episode, but or was that two weeks ago? I don't remember. But I take like, but this chapter, unforgivable, <laughs> unforgivable, Leo energy. <laughs> what what the? Fuck? I don't I don't think he's a Leo, but that's the vibes I was getting. <laughs> when I'm a Leo, okay. <laughs> Wait, I think okay. he's a Virgo. Is Percy a Virgo? I what? He's a Leo because it's mentioned in because the whole that's why the joke comes in in Heroes of Olympus. Like, hey, I'm a Leo, and Leo responds with, "No, I'm a Leo. You're a Percy." Oh, oh, oh. see, I was right. I, <laughs> I don't need this reason energy. Why I know it because I don't need joke. this energy right now. Okay, <laughs> I between July and August Leos. That's the thing. You're right. True. See, now Neve's going to vote me off. I am this close. But since I don't think... I can't really think of anyone else who did, like, particularly bad besides Percy. But I don't think he did bad enough to deserve, like, a dogpiling. So I'm going to give it to Aries because um, he generally just made me angry in this chapter he wants war and like i get that's his own self-interest but he's like i won't kill you because i want everyone else to die in the biggest war ever um and he's working for chronos so <laughs> i give it to aries is he still though i'm very confused on i think that he stands. is i, I think like he's aries working, working for... i was gonna say he's working for himself you know well he's working yeah. for his own self-interest because he wants a war but in order to do that, he like is definitely buddy buddy with Kronos. So to Aries it goes. Also, I'm not going to betray a fellow Leo in this moment because all of you are being so mean to Leos. Oh my god! So you're gonna gang up on Aries? By my stance, I thought when you said Leo energy, I thought you meant Leo as in Leo Valdez. That's why I agreed. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> I got astrology with this thing. I think mine has to go to like Dr. Thorne. Like, why'd he show up again? That's real. Oh, yeah. I forgot he returned. <laughs> he came back. Want to know something wild? This is his first time being voted off. Because last time it was like, of course, you know, like he's, just- he's kind of like just been there and not really done anything. Yeah. <laughs> He just kind of tell tells others no. He just kind of stands there. Yeah, right. He and stands says there. evil things, <laughs> but like doesn't in a really. French accent. <laughs> in a terrible French accent. 
on the audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. I respect it. All right, folks, that's all for this week. Join us next week where we will be talking about chapters 15 and 16. I wrestle Santa's evil twin and we meet the dragon of eternal bad breath. And we will be examining these chapters through the theme of truth. Make sure to follow all of our social media platforms. We're at Return to Camp on any platform that matters. And we also have a Patreon, a Red Bubble store, and a website, returntocamp.com. Fran, would you like to plug anything? Yeah, no, I was going to say no, but I was like, no, that's a really no. bad joke. So I'll just carry on. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, uh, for anyone who's interested in the best damn camp, that is a timeline order. Ryan, oh my God, Ryan verse podcast. Um, and you just search the best damn camp with, you know, the Percy Jackson Dam, D A M, on all podcasting platforms. Um, I'm on. As Neve said, all all the platforms that matter at Best Damn Camp Pod. Um, and if anyone is interested in visual Percy Jackson media, my YouTube channel is a healthy dose of Fran on YouTube. I'm repeating that word, mm-hmm. and I'm on all social media as my personal account at at a dose of Fran because I'm writing a novel and I'm telling people now so people will buy it when it happens. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Self promotion for a year in advance. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for yeah. coming yeah, on. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you guys. This is this is brilliant. I love joining all the different Percy Jackson podcasts. Everyone's so fun. It, <laughs> it makes I me agree. sad. It's just me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Goodbye to our. See you next week. Goodbye. It's See you next week. Wave. We all do from the blades. Oh, wait. <laughs> See ya.